Hello and welcome back to I Love This Movie. You're here with your host, Matt. And as always, I'm joined by Corey and Adam. And this week, we'll be reviewing the 1992 holiday classic, The Muppets Christmas Carol. Directed by Brian Henson, this movie was adapted from the 1843 novel, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. It stars Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge alongside Muppet performers. And some of your favorite characters like Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, and so many more. But let's get into the story. Scrooge, a bitter and hateful man, views Christmas as just another day. While the town comes alive in spirit, Scrooge stays to himself until one night his life is changed forever. He's visited by three ghosts. The ghosts of past, present, and future. Each showing him his own story and how it's made an impact on his life and not only for him but all those around him and today we're going to talk about the movie itself what we loved about it some theories some fun facts and uh, if you've never seen the movie it's it's fantastic it was actually my pick um, as one of my favorite Christmas movies watch it every year um, from the songs being catchy and just being a fan of the Muppets and, and what Jen Henson does, it's just fantastic. Um, but before we dive deeper into this, I wanted to get some initial thoughts from, from both Corey and Adam. Um, so I'll actually start with um, Adam uh, this time. Adam, what were your initial thoughts watching uh, this movie um, again for the review? Oh, well, it's, it's impossible not to like this movie. Um, I've seen this you know, every year, I watch it every year since I was a kid. And there's just something about it that is timeless. I mean, the story is timeless. The Charles Dickens story, A Christmas Carol, um, has been adapted over and over again. And then having the Muppets adapt it is a really unique and refreshing take on the story. So yeah, I love it. I, I never get enough of it. Yeah, I would agree on what both of you were saying. I thought it was just a classic Muppets twist on the uh, Charles Dickens classic. Uh, just Muppets humor, just the way they move, the way they talk, Rizzo, there's just everything, the story. I just thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. This is actually, I didn't grow up watching this movie. It wasn't one of my like childhood classic movies. I don't know what was wrong with me. I grew up watching Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Um, so this is a fairly new movie to me, um, and I really did enjoy it. I, I watched a bunch of other Muppets movies, but for some reason, this one escaped me all these years, and I do feel like I'm going to have this one as a part of my catalog for the Christmas holidays now, so I really did enjoy it. Yeah, Corey, I'm glad you brought up Rizzo, because Rizzo and Gonzo are kind of my favorite parts of this movie. Uh, it was a very good storytelling technique to have Gonzo as Charles Dickens, the narrator of the story and using Rizzo as his kind of comic foil. And then it also helps make this a very faithful adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Uh, a lot of Gonzo's dialogue is taken right from the book. Yeah, and it's uh, kind of funny because when you look it up, like uh, just as far as like who's playing who, all the Muppets are playing actual characters from the book. Besides Rizzo, he's just playing Rizzo the Rat. And just the way that he plays off of it, just humor, like he, he's not really a character, obviously, from the story, but I just felt like he was necessary in a Muppet story to tell this. Just the way that he was being used as an object to clean windows. He used him uh, to like warm up the fireplace. 
Um, and the jelly bean scene was great too. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, it, was, it was great though. Yeah, and when uh, Rizzo annoys Gonzo almost to the last possible straw, and Gonzo just gives him the look like, what is wrong with you? And then <laughs> Rizzo just kisses him right on the nose. Uh, that is probably my, that's probably the best joke of the entire movie. I mean, there's a lot of good ones, but for me, that's probably my favorite joke. I really enjoyed uh, the, the joke with the, uh, the, uh, the, the rats that worked at Scrooge's office, the, the bookkeepers, and talking about the cold and, and how they were cold and they wanted to get heat. And they were like, my assets are frozen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> heat wave. I, that's great. It's just stuff you don't get from other movies besides Muppets. And, and the one thing that I, I, I really enjoyed about Rizzo's character and the banter back and forth between him and Gonzo is it didn't take away from the story. Um, it never it never went too far. It never went overboard. It was just the right amount of that that comedy and whether he was using him as a as an object or just having the banter back and forth. It was the right amount that didn't take away from the story and then you could dive right back in. And they needed that. They needed that comic relief because the story of A Christmas Carol is is fairly serious. It, it, there are some heavy moments and it's a, it's a transformation story. But it's also a Muppets movie. So you have to have that uh, Muppets humor and that slapstick and and the and almost the you know no-brainer humor where you know it's something you just don't have to think about it's just a it's right in your face so they and, they did a really good job with that yeah they're even aware of it in the movie they bring up how dark it is and they're like oh the, the parents will talk to them about it I'm like, <laughs> it's yeah. it's because it is a fairly you know it's a fairly dark subject but pretty much the whole movie besides the christmas past that's not too too dark but the rest of it oh yeah and you know adam you brought up you brought up a point i know we've we've talked about it before but you know this this adaptation was was unique and and different in some cases people didn't think it was going to be successful um because you know, it was it was shortly after you know Jim Henson had passed away, um, so it was a little bit skeptical. It, they didn't know how it was going to go. So, you know, for it to be that first that first real film um, after the death, and and it being so successful and just feeling like a true Muppets movie, um, to where you mentioned the humor and the the slapstick comedy. Um, it didn't ever lose sight of that. I don't. I never felt like we lost a, a beat in that in that process. Right, because you have you have all the elements that makes a Muppet movie, and also I believe this is the first Muppet adaptation because uh, there was the Muppet movie, Great Muppet Caper, Muppets Take Manhattan, uh, and th I think this is the first adaptation, if I'm not mistaken, because um, Muppet Treasure Island came after this. Yep, and this was this was the fourth, the actual fourth Muppets film, theatrical film. Right. So yeah, and and that was their big worry and concern from a box office standpoint is can we pull this off? It's an ad adaptation of this of this classic story. You know, are people even interested in the story, let alone interested in the story being told by by Muppets? 
Um, and uh, as as you can tell today, I mean, we're talking about it. And this was, uh, you know, it, it was a huge success then, and, and it carries over to to this uh, day and time. And and just like Corey said, he didn't grow up with it. So shame on your parents, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Shame on what you were watching, whatever the heck they had you doing. Um, but now Corey's going to share this with with his kids, and you know, for years to come. So. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really overall, and that's why it's one of my picks. Um, overall, it was just that feeling of it being Christmas. That's what I love the most about it. Sometimes we watch Christmas movies, and you don't really get that feeling. There's so many now. It's like Hallmark movies and all these different original movies where it's just a love story about finding that one under the mistletoe. Um, there's something about this that that makes you appreciate what you got yeah I uh as you guys know I'm a sucker for musicals or anything that has music musical numbers in it so I did enjoy uh, pretty much all the songs in this I thought Scrooge number at the beginning was great well let's talk about the music I think we're all in agreement the music every song is is a classic um, whether it's the opening Scrooge song, the One More Sleep Till Christmas, It Feels Like Christmas. Um, all, I mean, all those songs are fantastic. There's a reason those songs are so well done and they're so memorable and they're so catchy. All those songs are written by Paul Williams. Paul Williams wrote the original songs for the Muppet movie. And he is a star in his own right and a legend in his own right because he wrote a lot of hits in the 1970s, I think through the 80s. But the fact that they brought him back to take on these songs, you know, what was it, 15 years after the Muppet movie? I think that was a very good choice. I mean, they could have gone with a, a modern artist or somebody who was a more contemporary songwriter, but instead they said, no, we're going back to the roots. Jim Henson's gone. He's not a part of this movie um, because he had unfortunately passed away a couple years earlier. The fact that they brought Paul Williams in to give a little bit of that spark and that magic to the songs, that was a perfect choice. And, you know, the funny part is, is you, you talked about what if they brought in a modern, a modern artist? Um, all I thought about in my head was Michael Jackson and his performance in Captain EO. <laughs> and, yes. And that's, that's all I thought about where we would not be listening to one more sleep till Christmas or, you know, the love is found. And instead there would be a lot of hee hees and no, which and I believe, just, I believe he did the song for free Willie. So just imagine the uh, free Willie song whoa. with the Muppets at, and it, and put, just put jingle bells in the background. That way you can get that Christmas feel to it. That's I, what I we just, would have had. I just, that's a good movie free willy <laughs> yes no 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 i've never seen free willy don't pick it please. uh changing subjects another thing i i <laughs> i have a question about is this obviously came out before what i'm gonna address so the ghost of christmas yet to come uh that thing looks like a straight-up dementor from harry potter am i losing my mind like oh no it does it absolutely so, does the only Take thing that's scarier, the only thing that's scarier than that is 
the ghost of Christmas past. Very true. And that thing looks like something that's been conjured up from the other side and that you see during a sleep paralysis episode. I mean, this thing, and, and I read, I read up on it. They rubbed it and, you know, it was basically, they rubbed this face and baby oil and then threw it in water. And that's how they got the floating effect. It looks possessed and it whispers like, why is it got a whisper? Just talk out loud. There's nobody else around. It's just you and Ebenezer. So I think that is the part about this movie that I'm most uncomfortable with because it is just kind of a weird Muppet character. It's like the Jim Henson company was kind of taking their inspiration from some of the puppets that they made for either like, I think it was like the Dark Crystal or the uh, yeah. or Labyrinth, like those there's like humanoid type puppets that have these weird features in their face. It's like kind of that, but yeah, it just, I appreciate the effort they put into it and to make it like flowing, they did dunk in like in a tank of water. Um, I, I don't know. I think they could have done a lot better with that particular character design. Adam, you have some uh, fun facts, but um about just kind of what was going on in the movie. But one of the things just to kind of lead into that was um, when they're going through the Christmas past and they bring up Belle, that seems like it was a been a relationship they split, should have spent more time on, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, the, the character development of Scrooge, you see him in his current state as a greedy, a miserly, old guy who is just completely lost any type of joy especially at the christmas time and you see his progression and one of the main parts of his life that that turned his heart cold was losing the love of his life bell um, there is a great scene that was cut out of the original movie that has a song called the love is gone and bell sings it and it's essentially about how scrooge has lost the love in his heart Jeffrey Katzenberg, the studio head of Disney at the time, was the reason they cut that out of the movie because he said, kids are going to get bored. They're going to fall asleep during a song. Come on, we got to keep going. We got to go to the next scene, which was a terrible bit of advice. Brian Henson being a new director and having all the weight of the Muppets on his shoulders two years after his father dies, you know, agrees to it, doesn't fight about it, doesn't fight it, but it completely... It, it changes the story because at the end, Scrooge sings a reprise of that song, The Love We Found. So without The Love Is Gone, The Love We Found doesn't make sense. It just doesn't have that dramatic weight and it doesn't bring everything together again. Yeah, I agree. I watched it the first time not knowing that was a thing. And then I watched, because uh, it's obviously not included anywhere. I don't think it's not even like on a DVD copy. I think it was like the last time I read it was way back when, when they actually had included. I watched on YouTube and then I watched the Muppets again. Um, yeah, it does add, definitely add a lot to movie is what I, what I thought about it. I don't know, have you, have you watched it yet, Matt? Yeah, that's the only place I could find it was on YouTube. Um, and I, I think the last time it was in there um, was on early, early, you know, 
Pirates released the VHS. To, I mean, we're talking like right when it came out and then it was, you know, hey, we can't keep this in there. Um, but back to that, the, the comment that was made, you know, kids are going to fall asleep. I mean, and then you look at what's happened since then and even during that time period, you look at some of the Disney movies that were made there's musical numbers that are slow and steady and kids are still watching. Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg is kind of a hypocrite when he says we can't have that scene and that song in this Muppets movie, but we can have, can you feel the love tonight? We can have, you know, tale as old as time. We can have part of your world. I mean, what is the difference between those songs and this one? There is no difference to me. Yeah, the only difference that I could possibly see is that you're dealing with two human characters versus cartoon elements at that moment. You know, so so in you know maybe his thought pro and again this is just us you know theorizing, but maybe he thought that because it was two adults that were singing out on you know out in the uh, the snowy. Um, yard or you know by i believe they were by a pond um you know kids are going to look at that and be like yeah this i don't i don't care about these these people let's bring back the muppets um so that that's a possibility um but at the same time it just doesn't make sense and to your point it 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 takes away from building up uh, scrooge's character and then the reprise at the end yeah i uh so I have some questions about this movie, just things I I didn't quite understand. Wanted to run them by you guys and see what you thought. Uh, see if you guys had any theories or opinions on it. Um, I know it's a Muppets movie, but it just has to be asked. Uh, the Cratchits. So there's Mrs. Piggy, who's playing Mrs. Cratchit, and there's Bob Cratchit being played with Kermit Frog. They're kids. The boys are frogs. The girls are pigs. Uh, how? I, how is that possible? How is that possible? Okay, so I'm I'm glad that you brought that up, Corey, because this has been something that has perplexed me for many years. Ever since I've I, I first watched it to the twenty thousandth time I've watched it, and it's how are there the boy frogs the girl pigs but there's there's not like a a frog pig or a pig frog there's no mix i mean biologically it doesn't it doesn't make sense i just don't understand it i don't understand why we can't have a boy pig why we can't have a girl frog i i just don't get it no, I, because I, I, I understand this is a, it's a delicate question, but it just has to be asked. You no, I, it is, it's delicate, but it's, it's real. I mean, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And I don't understand. I, I think that they like, yes, we have Miss Piggy. Yes. We have Kermit the frog. Yes. There's a boy. Yes. There's a girl, but was there ever a plan to expand upon this to where there was going to be a frog pig or a pig frog? I think the Muppet 
fan base deserves a offspring of Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog and it be a frog pig pig frog. I don't care. I don't care if there's frog pigs. I don't care if there's frogs and pigs. I don't care if they have a gonzo. We can go away from this topic because, and, and maybe we can talk offline about this, but you just brought up another scenario. You don't care if they had a gonzo. That is a completely different storyline than the Cratchit family. And yeah, Gonzo's never explained what he is. He's a whatever. Now, yeah. don't don't say Muppets from space. Then they kind of explain like he's like an alien. I don't count that in the Muppets canon. I like to have a mystery behind what Gonzo actually is. That's a good movie, though. Muppets from space. Anything, anything after after Muppets Treasure Island it loses a lot of the appeal to me. What do you think? Is that the one where they have the doctor scene? The what scene? The doctor scene where it's Rizzo. Uh, I think then the, the shrimp man. And they're acting like they're doctors with Kermit. And they're just saying doctor back and forth. That's not, that's not Muppets Treasure Island. I'm not sure what that, what that one is. No, it might be Muppets in Space. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, no, okay, not- okay, okay. I enjoyed that. I watched that one. I I do agree, Adam. Um, Once you get to uh, Treasure Island, it starts to go off the rails a bit. It starts to lose that that feeling of Mm -hmm. a a classic Muppet um, movie and the characters and and the comedy. And it's 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 odd because you wouldn't think it would be that hard to do this and and obviously we're just three three guys that love love movies and and talking about them so we don't really have you know our foot in that in that that element but you would think that it would be easy that hey we know what works so let's take it with the storyline and make sure that you know we develop the storyline the way it should be Let's not just make the story not for the Muppets and we just we throw this out there and then the Muppets and the comedy doesn't work and then still move forward with it. And I think that's what happened with Treasure Island was, hey, this is good, good title, good screenplay. Let's go ahead and roll it out. And then they rushed to it, right? They didn't look at what they had done and what worked and what didn't work. And then we had missed opportunities. You know, we didn't have the same type of character development. We didn't have the same comedy. Well, I think Muppets Treasure Island was trying to mimic the success of Muppet Christmas Carol because it's a adaptation of a classic story in literature. I think Muppets Treasure Island still works in the same vein as Muppets Christmas Carol. I think there are still enough good parts. It's not the best, obviously, but it still works enough for it to be one of those original Muppet movies from the the Henson canon even though Jim Henson obviously didn't have anything to do with it Brian Henson did uh, Frank Oz Dave Goals all the Muppet performers were still performing at that time it's my my issues come much later like the Muppets Wizard of Oz Muppets in Space and then the Jason Siegel Muppets which I really was hoping would be a a callback to the Jim Henson days but it wasn't it wasn't at all. And I was so disappointed that, that it wasn't any better. 
I, as I said before, I mean, I really enjoyed this movie. There's a couple parts I would consider to be, um, you know, more of my favorite parts, just uh, Rizzo uh, and Charles Dickens, just the, the narration. That was probably just my favorite part throughout the movie. I just thought it was a great humor they did to cut certain scenes and uh, definitely helps it to watch with kids now. So that was probably my favorite part of the movie. What was yours? So my favorite part, um, it really, it really happens whenever Scrooge um, finds that he's back in his room after he's went through his journey with all the ghosts and he's back and he realizes that there's still time left. So um, as he opens up the window and he's trying to figure out what day it is because he doesn't want to miss it. And, you know, if you, if you have to, you know, you look at that, a lot of people in town, they think it's, you know, oh, there's old man Scrooge, Dre's right? going to be in a bad mood. So um, the great thing about Michael Caine and, and his character, Ebenezer Scrooge, he, he plays around with that, knowing that everybody looks at him as the, the town grump. So whenever he goes um, to ask them questions, he, in some cases, puts on that grumpy facade and um, plays that character. And then he either winks at him or smiles and then breaks that tension and shows them that he's a changed man, which leads us up to him buying, um, you know, the food, the goose um, and, uh, you know, giving everybody the, the time off they need. And that leads us into the reprise um, and the uh, the dinner scene. So, you know that that really for me that 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 coming to that new character and that realization at the end, um, and just how he played the character, kind of transforming and playing off of what he knew himself. It was making fun of himself essentially. You know, he wasn't afraid at that point to know that hey, I was a jerk. And everybody's going to look at me as the guy that's the jerk, you know, and he played off of that. And I, I just I really liked how that scene progressed because it could have just been really simple. He comes back and ultimately, immediately, um, everybody just pretends like it's normal. Right. But they all had some reservations there. And can we say how good Michael Caine was as Scrooge? Such a good choice. Such a good choice. And I'm, yeah, I was watching a, I think it was a made for, or, or behind the scenes, it was behind the scenes um, featurette. And he said, when he was approached for it, he said, listen, I'm going to play this like I'm in the Royal Shakespeare Company. He said, I'm going to make it serious. I'm going to commit everything to that character. And it works. You know, it definitely works because having that heavy dramatic performance and then pairing that with the rats you know, doing the heat wave and the uh, the com the comedic banter. Oh, it works perfectly. It works perfectly together. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with with how um, he was playing Scrooge uh, after you know when, when he was doing the reprise, especially when he was going to see the Cratchits. You know, he knocked on the door, he shoot everyone away, and he's like, "You're supposed to be at work today." And he's like, "It's Christmas," and then he plays it off from there. And I, yeah, yeah, I just thought he did a great job as that character. So we've talked about some fun facts. We've talked about um, some different theories and our best and favorite scenes and our least favorite scenes. And now we've come to the, the end and we're going to get some ratings now. Um, this was my choice. So I'm going to go last. So 
Um, let's let's see what Corey's rating is, and uh, then we'll go to Adam. And so, Corey. Uh, so <laughs> I did enjoy this movie, as I said uh, previously. This is not one I grew up on, uh, so I don't have the same nostalgia that I feel like would help the score. Uh, I still overall really enjoyed it. It was a great take on the uh, classic tale. Um, oh, man. I know you're not going to like it, but I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. thought it was solid, but I do enjoy other Christmas movies more. All right, my rating is based on the fact that Jeffrey Katzenberg he didn't screw up the movie, but he did kind of hinder the story by taking out that scene. The love is gone. It, it does. It doesn't connect the middle to the end. So I have to give this a 9.5. The VHS copy I grew up with that had that scene in it, 10 all day long, but we don't get that version on the Disney plus. I don't think if you buy it on Amazon, I don't, I don't even think it's on, on that anymore. It should be. I don't know what Disney's waiting on. I mean, there's, I think there is a demand out there in the fan base that says, please put this back in. I know Brian Henson wants it back in because he's done interviews and I think he's on the record saying, yeah, please put it back in. That's the way it was intended. So 9.5. Curious, not a 10. I mean, I think it should just be a 10 no matter what, right? If it was a grade, it would be an A. Um, you know, this was my pick. Um, and there's just something about, you know, these Muppets. This film, the Muppets within this film, the writing, the characters, the songs. I do agree that, you know, with the missing song in the character development of, of Ebenezer Scrooge, it does... It, it does leave something out, but I think with everything else, not, not including the frog pigs or lack thereof, but everything else, I, I think it's, it's warranted and, and it, it needs to be a 10. And that's why I'm rating it a full 10. Um, I know we don't rate, you know, and we give these tens out, you know, just like candy. Um, but I, uh, I can't get around it. I, I can't see myself doing the 9.5 um, just for those few, um, few errors, um, few things that I would change because overall, um, and just thinking about the songs and the memories that I've had watching this and then being able to watch it, you know, every year and now, you know, bring my kids into it and stuff like that. It's just, uh, it, it, it deserves the 10. All right. Well, thank you everybody for watching our review of a Muppets Christmas Carol. If you like what you heard today and what you watched, um, please leave us a like comment below. Make sure to subscribe and hit that little bell to make sure that every time we post, you're the first to know about it. Um, we're also on social media platforms, Instagram and Facebook. So make sure to check us out for updates there, more movie facts and, and a whole lot more. And then lastly, we know that life happens sometimes. You're not able to sit and watch on your phone or your computer or your TV, um, our YouTube channel. No need to worry. You can listen to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more different podcast options. Please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and give us those five-star reviews. It really does help us. And until next time, um, this is Matt, 
We have Adam and Corey with I Love This Movie, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys um, for our next movie review. See you then. Bye.